Welcome back to Body and Soul, the Torah Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm Rabbi Alexander Seinfeld. I know you love it when I start off each episode with some great health humor, especially if you're a dad. So here's one for the kids. Do you know where sick boats go to get healthy? To the dock, of course. But I'm bummed. Perhaps you heard last week's episode, 90,000 push-ups, and then quickly put it out of your mind or conveniently forgot about it. It was meant to inspire you. It was meant to motivate you. It was meant to inform you. I received much positive feedback from the episode, but the best feedback you can give me is to tell me that it's changing you, that you're moving, that you're moving your body, that you're doing the exercise you need to do. Dr. John Rady, MD from Harvard, in his best-selling book, Spark, The Revolutionary New Science of Exercise and the Brain, explains how exercise is so beneficial to improving our memory, to improving concentration and motivation. Exercise increases dopamine naturally and serotonin, which is good for our mood. It increases norepinephrine, which is an important hormone for our attention and being able to concentrate, and something called the brain-derived neotrophic factor, which has been shown to improve our learning and memory. There's so much good about doing exercise at any age, as long as you do the appropriate exercise for your current body condition. What's the minimum standard for fitness? In the U.S. Army, I think you have to be able to run two or two and a half miles in about 20 minutes and do a certain number of push-ups. What's the Torah minimum standard for fitness? Get this. It's to be able to put on and tie your shoes while standing and not leaning on anything. That means being able to pick up a foot, balancing on the other foot, put on the shoe and tie it and do it with the other foot. That's the minimum standard. It's going to require you to have a certain amount of strength and a certain amount of balance. Remember, this is not the maximum. This is just the minimum. Personally, strength training is something that I've only recently taken seriously. I've always valued exercise, and this likely comes from my father, who was very active and exercised regularly. And it may be due to that, that I also never valued muscular training because I never saw my father do such a thing. I never saw him do push-ups or anything like that. His exercise was always uh, jogging, light calisthenics, and then being active in playing tennis and other sports like that, but, but not muscular training per se. In fact, I know many people who feel that muscular training is really somehow un-Jewish. You know, it's certainly not the path for a spiritual person to care about their muscles. It's the classic, stereotypical Greek thing to do, is to build your muscles. I think that the distinction is between caring about how my muscles look versus caring about being strong. And as I mentioned last week and in previous episodes, there's a mitzvah to make sure you stay strong. It is a physiological fact that a muscle will start to deteriorate naturally after about age 50, meaning until around age 50, you have a free pass to maintaining your strength. But doing nothing after age 50, maybe even earlier, your muscles will weaken unless you do something to slow down the decline. 
And the physiologists have discovered that you can slow down the decline, not 100%, but quite a lot, maybe 99%. I don't know the percentage. But it is entirely possible to keep yourself at very high level of strength until you're 180 years old. Some people call this type of training functional strength training. We should be worried about maintaining our ability to function so that we don't end up using a cane or a walker or a wheelchair or bedridden, God forbid, as many people do because they neglect their muscles. And I'd like to offer you two ideas as takeaways from this episode. One is motivation, which I already have given you, but I'd like to add to that. And two is something practical, what you can do. In terms of motivation, I'd like to share with you a conversation I had just this morning. Well, I'm talking about Sunday morning this week. To protect his privacy, I'm just going to call him Moshe. This is Moshe, and this is what he has to say about the value of keeping oneself strong and healthy. People wait and long for retirement. They can't wait till they retire and they go. They'll be able to learn. They'll be able to travel. They'll be able to do the things that they've worked for 30, 40, 50 years to be able to do. I have an uncle who worked to the bone. He worked, got up at four in the morning. He got up, we get up four in the morning and had a store be able to, you know, so when he retires, I'm saying he'll be rich. Okay, so first of all, he's not as rich as he thought he would be. Second of all, he is constantly, constantly, between him and his wife, I don't know if there's a day that there, there, it isn't, there isn't a medical thing that they're, they're going to a doctor or they're, he's, he hasn't visited my, my mother, his sister, he has, he's been planning on visiting her in Eretz Yisrael, but he hasn't gone. One knee, another knee, uh, through the cancer, uh, the treatment. Some things are not preventable, or maybe they are. Some things are, but uh, but but never. I was just at a shiva where somebody, with the brother of the nifter, said how the nifter was always saying he can't wait till he retires and he goes back to the shiva. The guy was a big, you know, involved in his learning, and uh, and he he was overweight and he. I had a heart attack one day and never retired. I'd rather the pleasure of being strong and healthy be a motivator than the fear of being weak or sick or premature death. But whatever it takes to get you off the couch and doing what you need to do. Well, what can you do? What can you possibly do to keep strong and healthy, to not end up weak and needing assistance when you're old? The terminology is functional weight training. Focus on certain functions to keep them strong. It's very sensible, it's very pragmatic, and it should be very motivational. Doctors and physiologists identify four specific functions that we should concentrate on keeping strong, on strengthening every week, one or two times a week. First and foremost, to be able to walk and to be able to get out of a chair, not need one of those baby boomer chairs that stands you up, able to be mobile, your squatting muscles. And to be able to get out of that chair and get out of bed, your sitting up muscles. So your squatting muscles, your sitting up muscles, and then your pushing muscles and your pulling muscles. And it doesn't take a lot of research to come up with a plan for strengthening those muscles. For example, the squatting muscles the way to actually work those muscles and strengthen them, keep them strong, is to squat. 
And if you can't squat a deep squat, squat whatever you can squat, maybe with your back against a wall, even a small squat. You should go as deep as you can so that you can repeat it between 10 and 20 times. Similarly, the sitting up muscles, you don't have to sit, do a full sit up. You can do a half sit up. The pushing muscles, you can do a push up against a wall, off a table, off a chair, whatever is you can do, try to do 10 of them. And similarly, the pulling muscles. If you don't have the opportunity to do a pull-up, you can lift an object, a heavy dictionary, a heavy book, heavy bag of groceries, a, a gallon of water, up and down 10 to 20 times. Here's the key. The physiologists all say that you want to exercise each muscle to the point of fail. The point of fail means the point where you cannot do, absolutely do another one, even if your life depended on it. Because what happens when you exercise a muscle to the point of fail, you are causing the muscle to destroy old senescent muscle tissue and to create new muscle tissue. You're literally rejuvenating your muscles. That only happens when you exercise a muscle to that point of fail. It seems like the goal should be about twice a week per muscle group. So maybe you'll do your squats on Sundays and Wednesdays, and you'll do your sitting up on Mondays and Thursdays. You do pushing Tuesday and Friday, and, and I don't know when you'll do the pulling. You'll work it out. This is what your goal should be. Twice a week, the rest of your life. This is your nursing home insurance, as Dr. Grove likes to call it. Growing old does not need to lead to infirmity it does not need to lead to canes and walkers and wheelchairs and nursing homes for many, many people. Millions of elderly people could avoid that kind of infirmity, not to mention the falls that older people take. Two-thirds of falls are happening just by walking when an individual slips or trips. They're not slipping or tripping more than young people. It's just that they're not as able to catch themselves. Their leg muscles have weakened. Their sense of balance has weakened. They're not meeting the Torah's minimum standard of health and fitness of being able to put on your shoes while standing on one foot. As always, consult a doctor or other medical professional before you start a new exercise program. If this is a meaningful, helpful podcast to you, please share it with somebody else or send them to torahealth.org or sign them up at torahealth.org for the mailing list. And in the meantime, be gazoot.